Chapter 10, Leadership. Section 10A, Overview. Introduction. As the old adage, a born leader, implies, those who lead were intended to, or supposed to, lead since the day they were born. But how could that be true? Is leadership a characteristic shared only by those gifted enough to lead, or is it simply defined by a person's position and authority? After all, given the authority, anyone can command. But what sort of influence does one who merely commands and directs have on those who follow? In all actuality, leadership is an ability we all can develop, and a leader's effectiveness is often determined by the actions of those who choose to follow. Leadership is a delicate mix of art and science, requiring people-oriented attributes, interpersonal communication, and an undeniable character that motivates or wills others to follow. This chapter examines the art and science of leadership and includes information to assist airmen in understanding what leadership is, how it pertains to the Air Force mission, and why it is important to the institution of air power. This chapter continues with a brief explanation of the differences and interrelationships between leadership and management, offers an opportunity to assess one's leadership qualities, and advice on how to become a more effective leader. Furthermore, it explains the concept of vision, empowerment, and provides information pertaining to leadership flexibility and followership. Lastly, we will explore ways to effectively manage change and mentor followers. Section 10b, Leadership, the art and science of leadership. Merriam-Webster's dictionary defines the word lead as to guide on a way, especially by going in advance, or to direct on a course or in a direction. A leader is considered a person who directs a military force or unit, and or who has commanding authority or influence. With this in mind, we can explain the act of leading in the Air Force as the art and science of accomplishing the Air Force mission by motivating, influencing, and directing airmen. This highlights two central elements. One, the mission, objective, or task to be accomplished, and two, the airmen who will accomplish it. All aspects of leadership should support the Air Force mission and its airmen. Successful leaders recognize that people are the most valuable resource and, without them, the organization fails. Therefore, the Air Force relies on its members to develop as leaders for today and tomorrow. The extent of a person's development is dependent on his or her status within the organization, whether as an officer, enlisted, or civilian, and the level of responsibility he or she has. Most enlisted members function at the tactical level, where their technical skills are combined with their direct influence on subordinate members in daily operation and at war. Good leaders are people who have a passion to succeed. To become successful leaders, we must first learn that no matter how good the technology or how shiny the equipment, people-to-people -people relations get things done in our organizations. People are the assets that determine our success or failure. If you are to be a good leader, you have to cultivate your skills in the arena of personal relations. General Robert R. Vogelman, former Air Force Chief of Staff. Set the example. Effective leadership takes more than simply talking the talk. Leadership is modeling or setting the example for others in word and action. For many, this is considered the toughest part of leading. However, in order to be successful, 
Leaders must evaluate themselves and work on their shortcomings. Effective leaders lead rather than drive people. They make fair and firm decisions that are in the best interest of good order, discipline, and successful accomplishment of the mission. A leader's responsibilities go further than just being responsible for accomplishing the mission. Effective leaders are not only expected to accomplish the mission, but to do so with a minimal cost and resources, such as people, material, and money. While no one expects a leader to be perfect, a leader cannot demand the best from others if he or she cannot perform as expected. Motivate intrinsically. Intrinsic motivation is encouraging others to act, not because they have to, but because they want to. The Air Force continuously adapts in new and innovative ways to conduct daily operations and requires leaders who can initiate and sustain change. To motivate intrinsically, consider ways to get others to embrace ideas, strategies, and initiatives. Involvement. A leader's success is reflected in the efficiency, productivity, morale, and enthusiasm demonstrated by the followers, and a leader's involvement is essential to maximizing worker performance and the mission. Leaders become a positive influence when they are actively involved in their airmen's careers. Although service members are obligated to obey the orders of the President of the U.S. and the orders of the officers appointed over them, they respond more positively and with extra effort to those who genuinely care about them. In today's environment of technology and specialization, most leaders tend to find this environment allows them to neglect the need of knowing their subordinate members of the organization and show sincere concern in their problems, career development, and welfare. Learning from failure. Leadership is all about risk and rewards, and effective leaders realize that failure is possibly one of the greatest learning tools an organization has for achieving success. With every risk, there is the potential for failure. However, these are the moments which shed light on the faults that exist within an organization, its processes, and procedures. Effective leaders realize that learning from failure empowers change and inspires efforts to improve. Therefore, leaders never fear failure, they embrace it. Transparency. Directions, decisions, and actions are rarely challenged if the leader's intentions are transparent. Transparency is accomplished by integrating regular communication, shared decision-making, mutual consensus, and healthy debate. Airmen should know the reason decisions were made and how that decision will impact them and the organization. Transparent leaders should not micromanage. Give credit where credit is due, and take accountability when things fail. Flexibility. Top-down, authoritative organizations is a classic example of rigid and stubborn leadership and usually results in resentment and animosity, especially during times of change. Leaders who are flexible listen to other points of view, bend when necessary, and are not afraid to change course if things are not going well. Resilience. Leaders at every level within an organization constantly face challenges, changes, and criticisms. There will always be times of uncertainty, deviation, turmoil, and at times, conflict. Therefore, resilient leaders must possess a combination of compassion and thick skin. Accountability. Good things come to those who are accountable, and leaders play an important part in ensuring accountability in the workplace. Promoting accountability in the workplace includes establishing clear roles and responsibilities, 
cultivating a sense of pride and ownership among the members and teams within the organization, providing regular feedback to subordinates, and leading with integrity and by positive example are all responsibilities of a leader. Accountability does not focus on the discipline and punishment associated with being unaccountable, but rather concentrates on creating and sustaining a continuously learning and always improving organization. Give people opportunities to take pride in their work and personal growth. People want to do well at their job. You have to help them do that. Robert D. Gaylor, former Chief Master Sergeant of the Air Force, number five. Leadership self-evaluation. To successfully accomplish the responsibilities of a position, one must first understand what is expected of them. The following is a list of questions that offer perspective as to what is expected of a leader and assist aspiring leaders develop particular skills. Only the most honest responses to these questions will reveal one's definite strengths and potential weaknesses. Positively and proactively responding to the results will provide direction upon which to concentrate efforts to improve. Do I have the courage to make tough decisions and stand by them? Am I flexible when dealing with changing situations? Can I remain enthusiastic and cheerful when I am confronted with seemingly impossible tasks? Am I willing to do my best with what seems to be inadequate means? Can I inspire people to achieve outstanding results? Am I willing to take reasonable risks to allow my airmen to grow and become more productive? Am I willing to let my airmen be creative? Does my manner invite communication? Do I really listen? Can I withhold judgment until I have all the facts? Am I willing to accept my airmen's failures as my own, yet immediately recognize their successes as theirs? Am I able to do many things at one time? Can I manage a complex job? Can I carry out orders as well as give them? Advice to leaders. There are no secrets or magic formulas to successful leadership. Rather, leadership is an individual and personal choice, and everyone develops their own unique leadership style. Although the best advice is to just be yourself, all ambitious leaders can always benefit from the wise words of others. In 1976, while he was commander-in-chief, Pacific Air Force's General Lewis L. Wilson, Jr. wrote the following timeless advice. Be tough. Set your standards high and insist that your people measure up. Have the courage to correct those who fail to do so. In the long run, your people will be happier. Almost certainly morale will be higher, your outfit better, and your people prouder. Get out from behind your desk. See for yourself what is going on in your work center. Your airmen will see that you are interested in their problems, work conditions, and welfare. Many of your people problems will go away if you practice this point. Search out the problems. If you think there are no problems in your organization, you may be ignorant to problems that are not obvious. The trick is to find them. Foster an environment that encourages people to bring problems to you. Find the critical path to success. Get personally involved in issues on a priority basis. Let your influence be felt on make-or-break issues in your organization. Avoid the activity trap. Do not spend your valuable time on inconsequential or trivial matters. Weigh in where it counts. Be sensitive. Listen to your people. Communicate with them and be perceptive to their needs. Learn to recognize problems and seek out ideas. 
Be innovative. Recognize that effective communication involves shared perceptions. Do not be afraid to empathize when necessary. Listen, listen, and listen. Do not take things for granted. Do not assume things have been fixed. Look for yourself. Furthermore, do not assume problems will stay fixed. The probability is high that fixed problems will recur. So regularly monitor your processes. Do not alibi. Remember, you and your people will never be perfect. People will make mistakes, so do not be defensive about things that are wrong. Nothing is more disgusting than the individual who can do no wrong and has an alibi for anything and everything that goes awry. Do not procrastinate. Do not put off those hard decisions because you are not willing to make them today, as they will not be any easier tomorrow. This does not mean you should make precipitous or unreasonable decisions just to be prompt. However, once you have arrived at what you believe is correct, get on with it. Do not block progress. Do not tolerate incompetence. Once people demonstrate laziness, disinterest, or an inability to get the job done, you must have the courage to terminate their assignments. You cannot afford to do less. On the other hand, when your people are doing good work, recognize the good work and encourage them. Certainly, they will do even better. Be honest. When talking to your people, be candid and insist that they do likewise. They set their behavior patterns based upon your example. Nothing is more disastrous than garbled information, half truths, and falsifications. Make sure your people know where you stand on this matter. Encourage them to come to you if they have questions about what is going on in the unit. You must create an atmosphere of trust and confidence. Finally. Be honest with yourself. Do not gimmick reports and figures to make things look good on paper. Advice from a successful leader can be a beneficial tool to the aspiring leader. But where the aspiring leader applies this tool will demonstrate his or her success. The perfect place to start is Air Force standards. Air Force standards. Air Force standards of conduct, discipline, and customs and courtesies reflect the Air Force's broad heritage and traditions. Air Force leaders must not only know the standards; they must enforce them. While current Department of Defense and Air Force policies provide specific guidance on standards, leaders must be familiar with the following: mission. The Air Force's mission is to fly, fight, and win in air, space, and cyberspace, to achieve strategic, operational, and tactical objectives unhindered by time, distance, and geography. The Air Force employs six distinctive capabilities of air and space superiority: global attack, rapid global mobility, precision engagement, information superiority, and agile combat support. The three Air Force core values of integrity first, service before self, and excellence in all we do enables airmen to effectively execute their responsibilities and accomplish the mission. Oath. Upon entering the Air Force. Each member voluntarily takes a sworn oath of enlistment. With every oath, enlisted members reaffirm their belief and public commitment to the following: I, name, do solemnly swear or affirm that I will support and defend the Constitution of the U.S. against all enemies, foreign and domestic; that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, and that I will obey the orders of the President of the U.S. And the orders of the officers appointed over me, according to regulations and the Uniform Code of Military Justice. So help me God. Way of life. Airmen are on duty 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. 
and if so directed by a competent authority, must report for duty at any time, at any location, for as long as necessary to complete the task at hand. Due to the importance of the Air Force mission, the dangers associated with military service, and the national and international influence and potential implications relevant to global operations, the Air Force enforces more restrictive rules and elevated standards than those found in the civilian community. Individuals unable to maintain these higher standards or are deemed not compatible with military service will not be retained in the Air Force. Chain of Command The chain of command provides the authority, communications, and control necessary to accomplish the mission-related task at every echelon of the Air Force. Each level is responsible for all lower levels and accountable to all higher levels. The chain will not work without loyalty at every level. The key to an effective chain of command is trusting the system and resolving issues at the lowest possible level. Conduct The Air Force's mission is critical to national security, global stability, and international relations. Therefore, each member has specific responsibilities for accomplishing their part in the mission. Airmen carry out orders, perform specific duty-related tasks, and uphold Air Force standards. Supervisors enforce these standards and ensure their airmen understand and fulfill them at all times. Standards of conduct apply to both on-duty and off-duty behavior. Professional Relationships To maintain a successful and effective military organization, the Air Force depends on professional relationships among all its members, both military and civilian. All interactions and relationships must support the mission and operational effectiveness of the Air Force. Officers and enlisted alike must ensure their relationships with co-workers, superiors, and subordinates do not portray favoritism or impropriety. Excessive socialization and undue familiarity, whether real or perceived, degrades morale, team cohesion, and leadership effectiveness. Leadership versus Management Leaders are people who do the right thing. Managers are people who do things right. Warren G. Bennis, Ph.D., founding chair of the Leadership Institute, University of Southern California. Which is more important? Leadership and management are simply not the same thing. Successful organizations include and depend on elements of control, trust, administration, development, standardization, innovation, compliance, and inspiration. Leadership and management go hand-in-hand in, hand in producing these elements, which promote mission success. Throughout military history, there have been accounts of leadership and management in action. For instance, during the D-Day invasion of Normandy on 6 June 1944, some believed this invasion was an effective use of management, which moved the U.S. and coalition forces onto the beaches, and the inspirational leadership is what moved them forward. So which is more important? Roles of Leadership and Management To better understand the roles of leadership and management, consider them in terms of behavior, personal characteristics, and organizational situations. Behavior Managerial behaviors focus on building organizational mechanisms that mesh together like the parts of a complex timepiece, whereas leadership behaviors concentrate on effectively moving the hands of the timepiece to display the correct time. The behavioral focus of each is clearly important. But, while the manager may be preoccupied with the precision of the process, the leader concentrates on the inertial forces that affect the process. 
Management is getting people to do what needs to be done. Leadership is getting people to want to do what needs to be done. Warren G. Bennis, Ph.D., founding chair of the Leadership Institute, University of Southern California. The words of Field Marshal Sir William Slim, who led the British 14th Army in the quest of Burma in World War II, are worthy of note. Leadership is of the spirit, compounded of personality and vision. Management is of the mind, more a matter of accurate calculation, statistics, methods, timetables, and routines. Field Marshal Sir William Slim, British 14th Army, Burma, World War II. Managers use the management process to control people by pushing them in the right direction. Leaders motivate and inspire people to keep moving in the right direction by satisfying human needs. In order to achieve a vision, leaders tailor their behavior toward their followers' needs for achievement, sense of belonging, recognition, self-esteem, and control over their lives. Bennis offers an appropriate summary of this behavioral characteristics comparison in Figure 10.1. Personal Characteristics Figure 10.1 also illustrates a comparison of successful leaders and managers, as researched by Professor Robert White, Indiana University. Neither type of behavior is exclusively positive or negative. Figure 10.1 suggests that leaders must have a grasp of management and leadership skills to be successful. Moreover, the two cannot, and should not, be separated. In other words, leadership is an art that includes management. The best managers tend to become good leaders because they develop leadership abilities and skills through practicing good management techniques. Similarly, seldom is there an effective leader who is not also a good manager. Successful leaders humanize their management skills with inspiration, empowerment, and vision through charisma. Organizational Situation What are the organizational implications of management and leadership? Leaders launch and steer the organization towards the pursuit of goals and strategies, while managers ensure the resources needed are readily available and efficiently used. Managers are responsible for organizing projects, staffing positions with qualified individuals, communicating plans, delegating responsibilities, and devising systems to monitor implementation. Leadership supports these actions by aligning the personnel's needs, wants, emotions, and aspirations with the task. They understand the vision, are committed, and encourage others. Note, the concept of vision is discussed in paragraph 10.8. To be successful, an organization needs both leadership and management. For an organization, strong leadership with weak management is no better, and sometimes worse, than the opposite. The challenge is to achieve a balance of strong leadership and capable management. While not the most effective approach, a peacetime military can survive with good administration and management up and down the hierarchy, coupled with good leadership concentrated at the top. On the other hand, a wartime force must have competent leadership at all levels, particularly at the tactical level of war. Good management brings a degree of order and consistency to key issues like readiness, availability, and sustainment. However, no one has yet figured out how to manage people into battle. They must be led. Leadership Qualities Positive Attitude Leaders must demonstrate the attitude they hope to see emulated by their followers. In doing so, the same attitude will be more easily adopted by their airmen. Enthusiasm is contagious and can deliver energy to all aspects of organizational operations. Although encouragement is normally considered an action, 
Encouragement is actually attitude-related. The inclination to encourage airmen, as well as oneself, is a powerful motivator and satisfies human needs. Effective leaders constantly embrace positive goals and display a positive attitude. Values The degree to which trust, loyalty, and integrity are present in the leadership of an organization directly relates to the organization's effectiveness. Leadership is the capacity to generate and sustain trust, and trust is dependent upon reliability. Indicators of reliability, such as punctual attendance at all meetings, prompt attention to correspondence, and meeting task deadlines translate into the level of trust people have in one another. Trust must also be balanced with a willingness to remove people who cannot be trusted and to make tough decisions when necessary. While the right decision is not always the easiest decision, airmen respect leaders for doing the right thing and reward leadership with their own trustworthiness and loyalty. Like trust, the doors of loyalty swing both ways. Leaders cannot demand unwavering loyalty of their followers without being willing to return loyalty to them. Integrity is a consistent and honest demonstration of personal commitment to the organization and its vision. Therefore, leaders should be ever mindful of the ramifications of their behavior and strive to epitomize the Air Force core value of integrity first. Character The character traits of effective leaders include charisma, compassion, and courage. Effective leadership is a combination of competence and character. Lack of character, however, will most often prevent individuals from becoming great leaders. But what if the leader, government-appointed or self-appointed, shouts, Follow me! And no one does. When do men sometimes follow him and shout enthusiastically, too? Something called character must be apparent in the leader. The followers must like him and want to be like him, or want him to like them. When it's over, they want him, private, sergeant, lieutenant, or even General Eisenhower, to clap them on the shoulder and say he's proud of them. Paul Fussell, Ph.D., The Great War and Modern Memory Charisma According to Webster, charisma is a special characteristic of leadership that inspires allegiance and devotion. Charisma can be effective, but is not a cure-all for leadership needs. German sociologist Max Weber's research noted that charisma is often contrary to authority. Superiors consequently frown on it. Additionally, once it becomes old hat to airmen, charisma's attraction and powers wane. Further, airmen can easily spot disingenuous charisma, a characteristic that eventually erodes mission effectiveness. Compassion Compassion is the sympathetic pity and concern for the suffering or misfortunes of others. Coupled with understanding, compassion is an important leadership trait. Because the human psyche bruises easily, most airmen withhold their true feelings, often to the point of distress. Additionally, if airmen do not share their feelings, NCOs will struggle to help airmen improve their performance. Compassion promotes healthy, open, and honest communication and provides the stimulus to discuss one's inner thoughts and feelings. Courage Courage can take many forms. Leaders must demonstrate both moral and physical courage, not only in combat and in high-risk situations, but in day-to-day -day life. Leadership requires the courage to address substandard performance or unacceptable behavior, to welcome new ideas, do what is ethically right when others prefer to do otherwise, and to be honest. Acts of courage inspire others to be courageous as well and helps them to maintain composure in stressful situations. 
and provides the stimulus and encouragement to endure hardships. Credibility Credibility is the quality of being trusted and believed in. Credible leaders must exercise and demonstrate humility, commitment to the organization and mission, and optimize operations by tapping into the unique strengths of each team member. Occasionally, leaders must get their hands dirty alongside their followers, which also bolsters credibility. However, credibility is very fragile and takes years to earn through persistent, consistent, and patient leadership and can easily be lost with one thoughtless action, decision, or behavior. In the present era, leaders are challenged to demonstrate their credibility even more. Successful leaders earn credibility through leading by example and taking responsibility. Leading by example. Leaders lead by example. Leaders can be positive role models when they lead by example and pay attention to what they believe is important. Through positive behavior, leaders show others that they live by their values. They reinforce their credibility when they do not dwell on the effort they have put forth. Plus, airmen are impressed when leaders do not exhibit undue strain in difficult circumstances. Taking Responsibility A crucial element of a leader's credibility is taking responsibility not only for his or her individual actions, but also for those of the airmen. All this has been my fault. It is I who have lost this fight, and you must help me out of it the best way you can. Attributed to General Robert E. Lee, Kent Masterson Brown's Retreat from Gettysburg. Vision. Air Force leaders must have a collective vision, a vision that empowers, inspires, challenges, and motivates followers to the highest levels of commitment in a continuous process improvement environment. Therefore, we must embrace and communicate the Air Force Smart Operations for the 21st Century Vision. The vision for the Air Force Smart Operations for the 21st Century is to establish a continuous process improvement environment in which all airmen are actively eliminating waste and continuously improving processes. These improvements must be centered on the core missions airmen are responsible for conducting, specifically to maintain the asymmetric advantages and capabilities the Air Force delivers in air, space, and cyberspace. We need to ensure we are also driving efficiencies and improvements across the board. Therefore, we must use the right tools and techniques to see and attack problems and leverage opportunities for improvement and employ our greatest resource, innovative, dedicated airmen. What is vision? Vision is helping people believe they can accomplish their goals in the anticipation of a better future as a result of their own efforts. Inspiration is one way to convey vision. To better understand this concept, consider the following examples. President Franklin D. Roosevelt's announcement in May 1940 that the U.S. would produce 50,000 planes a year and President John F. Kennedy's 1961 announcement of the U.S. intention to put a man on the moon within the decade. Both goals were breathtaking, perhaps impossible by most standards. And yet, both were achieved. In each case, the dramatic announcement and the infectious inspiration bred helped achieve the goal. The ability to form mental images of a possible outcome and to translate these images into a reality through leadership and action is a unique feature of the human brain. A leader should constantly anticipate the influences, trends, and demands that affect the vision of the next month, year, even decade. Unfortunately, a common leadership error is to become preoccupied with the present at the expense of the future. To be of realistic value, the vision must be logical, deductive, and plausible. 
Vision must be specific enough to provide real guidance to people, but unbound enough to encourage initiative and demonstrate relevancy to a variety of conditions. Leaders without vision are doomed to perpetuate complacency. They fail to prosper because they continue doing things as they have always been done. Implementing the Vision While senior leadership has the authority and responsibility to change the system as a whole, leaders at lower levels direct supervisors and subordinates to tasks more appropriate to the challenges of the new age. To do this, the leaders must communicate the vision to the unit, shop, or work center. Leaders are responsible for bolstering their airmen's courage and understanding. However, launching a vision cannot be a single effort. Those who work for and with the leader are excellent sources of ideas. Leaders can prepare the organization for potential changes to come and disarm resistance to change by soliciting suggestions and promoting wide participation. A great leader's courage to fulfill his vision comes from passion, not position. John C. Maxwell, The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership The Downside Even a clearly articulated and achievable vision may flounder if appropriate resource management and leadership practices do not accompany the vision. Sometimes the vision becomes an obsession and, as a result, adversely affects leader and follower judgment. What is crucial about the vision is not the originality, but how well the vision serves the mission requirements, strategic goals of the unit, and the Air Force as a whole. Maintaining the vision. Every leader needs to establish an enduring vision, a vision that meets the organization's needs at the time of implementation over time is unlikely to be applicable without changes. There is no regular schedule for vision revision. However, a wise leader does not wait for the alarm to sound before considering alternatives. Rather, the vision-forming process should be continual. Leaders should encourage personnel of all ranks, levels, and occupations to help articulate the vision. The experience will prove invaluable as unit members are promoted into more responsible, higher-level positions and continue to build an effective path to the future. On the other hand, the vision should not be arbitrarily modified. If the vision works and is consistent with environmental and technological developments, the vision should be affirmed and supported. As technology and our environment continue to evolve, our vision and leadership style must keep pace. Empowerment. Empowerment defined. Empowerment is a force that energizes people and provides responsibility, ownership, and control over the work they perform. Some individuals interpret empowerment it's merely the delegation of authority. Delegation is not empowerment. However, effective empowerment does require good delegation. Assigning people tasks along with the freedom and authority needed to creatively accomplish the task is the essence of empowerment. Consequently, empowerment is often confused with participative leadership, emphasizing sensitivity to needs, involving people, and asking people for help. While empowerment includes these concepts, Empowerment goes much further and allows workers to become stakeholders in the organization's vision. Once they are committed to the vision, organization members begin to participate in shaping and fashioning the vision into a shared vision. This synergistically developed vision motivates people to focus on the future and what the future holds, not simply because they must, but because they want to. For this approach to be successful, leaders must always be open and receptive to ideas and suggestions that can improve or refine the organization's vision.
Essence of Empowerment The essence of empowerment requires both leaders and followers to identify with their respective share of the organization's goals. The military is traditionally an authoritarian organization. The need for rapid decision-making and crisis response normally necessitates a traditional hierarchical framework. However, complex hierarchical frameworks do not always result in rapid decisions. Furthermore, the continual transformation of leader-follower roles is heralding an environment that allows both leaders and followers to more effectively realize organizational goals and objectives. Effective empowerment is not new. Truly great leaders of the past never directly told their people how to do their jobs. Rather, they explained what needed to be done and established a playing field that allowed their people to achieve success on their own. Consequently, the follower's success became a success for the leader and the organization as well. While the responsibility for task completion may be on the leader's shoulders, the burden of getting the job done is shared by all. Therefore, the adage, it's lonely at the top, is applicable to a leader who does not recognize the strengths of his or her people. Airmen can supply the details and express concerns that help overcome barriers to achieving visionary goals and mission accomplishment. When leaders solicit input, they discover the knowledge, interest, and parameters of support. Guidelines to Empowerment Empowerment enhances organizational performance by promoting contributions from every member of the organization. Trust is the cornerstone of the mutually dependent relationship shared by leaders and followers. Therefore, the leader must be flexible and patient in introducing empowerment. By delegating decisions to those closest to the issue and by allowing airmen flexibility in how they implement the vision, the leader successfully allows others to take ownership of the vision and experience pride in achieving the vision. Thus, the leader must maintain a firm grip on operational requirements and strategic planning. The leader must also realize that not everyone is willing or ready to accept the reins of empowerment. To realize their potential in fulfilling the vision, empowered followers need sufficient training on the task at hand. Otherwise, they are doomed to fail. On the other hand, airmen who have expert knowledge in a particular field should be encouraged to use this knowledge and improve the vision where and when possible. Recognition is a key factor in perpetuating improvements. Hence, an important facet of empowerment is the appropriate recognition of contributions airmen make to maximize mission success. Potential pitfalls. Empowerment is frequently misunderstood and applied inappropriately. Empowerment is often associated with a laissez-faire style of leadership, abdicating responsibility for tasks to airmen who are left to their own devices. This fire-and-forget approach to empowerment demonstrates a total absence of leadership. Conversely, empowerment is a leader-subordinate relationship that requires even more refined supervisory skills than traditional autocracy. People continually need direction, knowledge, resources, and support. Furthermore, empowerment and vision cannot be imposed. To do so would breed compliance rather than commitment. From an application standpoint, many leaders see consensus as a means to empower their people. However, while consensus is assumed to be good, because consensus represents what the group as a whole wants. Consensus is usually safe and free of innovative ideas. Additionally, consensus can divert an organization from their true goal or vision. The adage that a camel is a horse built by consensus is not so far-fetched. Leaders do not seek consensus. 
they build it. Learning. The leader's responsibilities. Life in the military incorporates a perpetual requirement for continued training and education. Effective leaders must accept the responsibility of being both a master student and master teacher and should influence others by example. Training is used to communicate and implement the organization's vision and values at the supervisory and subordinate levels. Training is not only fundamental in focusing the organization's strategic vision, but also helps develop the capabilities of the airmen who make the vision a reality. Both formal and informal training do more than augment a unit's level of technical expertise. By providing the skills airmen need to be successful, organizations realize increased energy and motivation. Fostering growth. Leaders foster professional growth by insisting their airmen focus attention on the aspects of a situation, mission, or project they control. This is not to say tasks should be limited in scope or challenge. On the contrary, some adventures should be an integral part of every job. In order to motivate airmen to learn and excel, leaders should provide challenging and enlightening experiences. Consequently, some supervisors want to tell an airman what to do to improve. While this may impress the follower with the leader's knowledge, telling an airman what to do to improve creates an unnecessary dependence on the leader and critically limits the follower's value of the experience. The role of the leader in fostering growth is to identify and analyze knowledge and improvement opportunities. This will ensure advancements are permanent and pervasive, not temporary and specific. Leaders encourage the learning process by formally recognizing individual and unit successes, no matter how large or small. A more formal and direct way for the leader to encourage the subordinate to learn is by setting standards. Standards have the multiple effect of providing feedback to the leader on performance, ensuring quality control of unit output, and giving airmen a goal and inspiration for developing and performing to do their best. People want to know what is expected of them. No one goes to work and says, I'm going to do a lousy job today. People work to succeed, and they need to know how you measure that success. Allow for a few mistakes, because people must be given the latitude to learn. General H. Norman Schwarzkopf, Jr., retired, former commander, U.S. Central Command. Developing Airmen To develop airmen, a leader must train replacements, the next generation, develop an understanding of roles and responsibilities, be an advisor and mentor, provide an opportunity for growth and promotion, clarify expectations, strengthen service identity, allow airmen to make decisions and experience leadership, encourage and facilitate formal education. An important milestone in any airman's development process is to experience a significant challenge early in his or her career. Developing airmen for leadership positions requires much work over long periods of time. Identifying people with leadership potential early in their careers and then determining the appropriate developmental challenges for them is the first step. Leaders must recognize and diagnose the capabilities of each airman in their unit or organization. Those capabilities may include any skills, talents, experiences, personality temperaments, etc. the airmen may have that can contribute to current and future mission accomplishment. Leaders must also diagnose the developmental needs of airmen, then assist them with personal and professional developmental needs that fulfill current or future jobs or role and responsibilities. Professional development needs 
may include off-duty education, professional military education, specific skill training, additional training, professional development seminars and courses, and communication skills, etc. Personal developmental needs may include relationships, interpersonal skills, communication skills, supervisory skills, off-duty education, etc. Today's effective leaders had opportunities early in their careers that required them to lead, take risks, and learn from their triumphs and failures. In business, successful corporations do not wait for leaders to come along. Rather, they actively seek out people with leadership potential and expose them to career experiences designed to develop their skills. However, leaders must caution themselves against becoming preoccupied with finding and developing young leadership potential. Leaders must guard against overlooking the late bloomer, whose leadership potential was not evident early on. A late bloomer's combination of maturity, experience, and untapped potential is a valuable asset to any organization. Dealing with setbacks. To learn and improve, people need to be encouraged to try new things. Sometimes their efforts will fail. A fundamental aspect of empowerment is acknowledging the right to fail. Obviously, some common sense is required. There can be no tolerance for violating regulations, jeopardizing safety, or failing due to a lack of effort. However, if the setback is the result of a failed attempt, applaud the initiative and dissect the setback so the airman can learn from what went wrong. Unfortunately, the fear of failure prevents many otherwise capable individuals from pursuing their creativity and innovation. An airman's dedication to improving his or her abilities is quite a valuable asset to an organization. Followers must remain optimistic, even in times of adversity. Some people believe the key to success is to avoid failure. Consequently, they stay with the things they know and do well rather than risk failure by trying something new. The surest way to stifle creativity and innovation is to allow fear to perpetuate complacency. Airmen count on the experience and understanding of strong leaders in dealing with setbacks. There is no substitute for being able to say to an airman, I know what you're feeling. I've experienced similar setbacks. Here is how I chose to deal with the situation, and these are what the consequences of my actions were. Reflecting back on the situation, here is what I would do now if I had the chance to do things over. Dealing with change. Leaders must be the chief transformation officers in their organizations and learn everything there is to know about the change before dealing with the change can even take place. Furthermore, they must learn how to deal with the emotions that result from the chaos and fear associated with change. Putting new processes in place is not enough. The people supporting these processes must be motivated to meet the challenge and support the change. To achieve that, leaders must maintain a clear understanding of the present and a clear focus on the future. The leader must create an organizational climate conducive to change by explaining the limitations or shortfalls of the present process and the possibilities and benefits of the proposed change. Next, the leader must facilitate the change itself. Walk airmen through the change, explain the details, and answer questions. Finally, the leader should reward those who comply with the change and refocus those who do not. Tough-minded optimism is the best quality a leader can demonstrate when coping with change. Leaders coping with change should involve people in the change process, fully explain the reason for change, view change positively, create enthusiasm for the change, facilitate change, avoid forcing it, be open-minded and experiment with alternatives, 
Seek out and accept feedback. Never get complacent. The Air Force Corps Values The Air Force Corps values are the bedrock of leadership in the Air Force. The core values are a statement of those institutional values and principles of conduct that provide the moral framework within which military activities take place. The professional Air Force ethic consists of three fundamental and enduring values of integrity, service, and excellence. This ethic is the set of values that guides the way Air Force members live and perform. Success hinges on the incorporation of these values into the character of every airman. In today's time, compressed, dynamic, and dangerous operational environment, an airman does not have the luxury of examining each issue at leisure. He or she must fully internalize these values to be able to automatically act in all situations to maintain integrity, to serve others before self, and to perform with excellence and encourage others to do the same. The Air Force Corps values integrity first, service before self, and excellence in all we do represents the commitment each airman makes when joining the Air Force. These values provide a foundation for leadership, decision-making, and success, whatever the level of assignment, difficulty, or dangers presented by the mission. All airmen are men and women of character. Our enduring Air Force core values provide a touchstone as we rise to meet current and future challenges, threats, and opportunities. As America's airmen, it is imperative that we maintain the moral high ground. Our nation depends on it. Michael W. Wynn, former Secretary of the Air Force. Core values help those who join us to understand right from the outset what's expected of them. Equally important, they provide all of us, from airmen to four-star general, with a touchstone, a guide in our own conscience to remind us of what we expect from others. We have wonderful people in the Air Force, but we aren't perfect. Frequent reflection on the core values helps each of us refocus on the person we want to be and the example we want to set. General Michael E. Ryan, retired, former Air Force Chief of Staff. Integrity first. Integrity is the willingness to do what is right, even when no one is looking. Integrity is the moral compass, the inner voice, the voice of self-control, and the basis for the trust imperative in today's Air Force. Integrity is the single most important part of character. Integrity makes airmen who they are and what they stand for, and is as much a part of their professional reputation as their ability to fly or fix jets, operate the computer network, repair the runway, or defend the airbase. Airmen must be professional, in and out of uniform. Integrity is not a suit that can be taken off at night or on the weekend, or worn only when important to look good. Instead, what makes integrity critical is when we least expect to be tested. People are watching us not to see us fail, but to see us live up to their expectations. Anything less risks putting the heritage and reputation of the Air Force in peril. Integrity is the ability to hold together and properly regulate all the elements of one's personality. A person of integrity acts on conviction, demonstrating impeccable self-control without acting rashly. Integrity encompasses many characteristics indispensable to airmen. There will be demands upon your ability, upon your endurance, upon your disposition, upon your patience. Just as fire tempers iron into fine steel, so does adversity temper one's character into firmness, tolerance, and determination. Senator Margaret Chase Smith, Lieutenant Colonel, 
U.S. Air Force Reserve. Service Before Self As an Air Force Corps value, service before self represents an abiding dedication to the age-old military virtue of selfless dedication to duty, including putting one's life at risk if called to do so. The service before self value deals with accepting expeditionary deployments and assignments. Service before self does not mean service before family. Airmen have a duty to their families just as strong as that to the service. The difference is, there are times when service to the nation requires subordinating the needs of the family. Their responsibilities to their families include ensuring they are cared for when airmen are home or deployed. This value also demands that each airman keep faith in the system. This does not imply that we follow our leaders blindly and not sometimes question what we are doing. Airmen must always place trust in the processes, procedures, and other airmen to get the job done in the right way. Airmen must understand that an organization can only achieve excellence in an atmosphere free from fear, unlawful discrimination, sexual harassment, intimidation, hazing, or unfair treatment. Airmen must show loyalty to their leadership, fellow airmen, and the Air Force as a whole, including showing commitment to the Constitution, military chain of command, and to both the President and Secretary of Defense. I have been recognized as a hero for my 10 minutes of action over Vietnam, but I am no more hero than anyone else who has served this country. A1C John L. Levito, lowest ranking Air Force Medal of Honor recipient. Excellence in all we do. This core value demands airmen constantly strive to perform at their best. They should always strive to exceed standards objectively based on mission needs. This demands a continuous search for new and innovative ways to accomplish the mission without jeopardizing morale and loyalty. Personally, airmen seek out and complete developmental education. They constantly work hard to stay in their best physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and moral shape. Airmen continue to enhance their professional competencies and are diligent to maintain their job skills, knowledge, and personal readiness at the highest possible levels. They understand that when members of an organization work together to successfully reach a common goal, excellence is achieved and no airman wins the fight alone. Each organization must foster a culture that emphasizes a team mentality while simultaneously maintaining standards and accomplishing the mission. Realizing that people are our most precious resource, airmen are responsible for ensuring they are trained, fit, focused, and ready to accomplish the mission safely and effectively. The power of excellence is overwhelming. It is always in demand, and nobody cares about its color. General Daniel Chappie James, 1st African American, USAF four-star general. Air Force Viewpoint. The Air Force recognizes these core values as universal and unchanging in the profession of arms. They provide the standards used to evaluate the ethical climate of all Air Force organizations. Finally, when needed in the cauldron of war, they are the beacons that light the path of professional conduct and the highest ideals of integrity, service, and excellence. Section 10C, Followership and Mentoring. Introduction. Preoccupation with leadership often prevents us from considering the nature and importance of followership. At some point, everyone is a follower. Few leaders became successful without first having learned followership skills. Therefore, leaders must recognize the importance and qualities of followership, the needs of followers, 
and ways to promote followership. Importance of Followership Today's leader has the almost impossible task of keeping up with ever-changing technology while coping with leadership demands. In many cases, the leader is not the most technically skilled person in the unit. He or she likely has personnel with advanced technological skills and capabilities. People are our most valuable resource. Today's junior members have knowledge, skills, and abilities that open unlimited opportunities to maximize work center effectiveness. Therefore, leaders must tap into this resource by nurturing and developing their airmen's capabilities and fostering their willingness to improve organizational effectiveness. Qualities of Followership The following 10 qualities are essential for good followership. However, this list is neither inflexible nor exhaustive. Organizational Understanding Effective followers must be able to see how their work contributes to the organization's big picture. Decision-making. Followers must be able to make sound decisions using a team approach. Communication skills. Followers must have effective communication skills. These skills are crucial when working in a team environment, especially when providing feedback to team members. Commitment. Being able to successfully contribute to the organization while striving to achieve personal goals requires a strong level of follower commitment. Problem-solving. A broader scope of responsibility to help identify and resolve work center problems requires followers to share their knowledge, skills, and experience. Integrity. Followers must demonstrate loyalty and a willingness to act according to accepted beliefs. Integrity requires one to identify and be true to values. Adaptability. Ever-changing roles, missions, and systems require followers to be adaptable to change without being paralyzed by the stress of not knowing all the answers. Self-employment. Followers must take responsibility for their own careers, actions, and development. Courage. Followers must have the confidence and guts to do and say the right things at the right times. Credibility. By demonstrating competency in their words and deeds, Followers earn trust and an honorable reputation. Follower needs. Successful leaders must devote attention to what their airmen want and expect. Otherwise, leaders may lose the opportunity to capitalize on their talents or lose their airmen's respect. Followers need to know they can count on their leaders when the going gets tough. Furthermore, respect is a two-way street. Followers also want to be respected. Followers treated as if they are not important or who perceive that they are not important, lose their willingness and desire to perform. Leaders demonstrate belief in their airmen by, one, maintaining or enhancing their airmen's self-esteem, two, listening carefully to their airmen and responding with empathy, and three, asking for their airmen's help and encouraging their involvement. A few moments of sincerity and thoughtfulness go a long way toward satisfying airmen's basic needs. Followers perform best when they want to be in a unit, not when they are trapped in the unit. Ways to promote followership. Empowered followership, like motivation, requires a joint effort between leaders and individuals they lead. This effort must be continuously promoted. Leaders must listen and respond to the ideas and needs of their followers, and followers are similarly required to listen and respond to the ideas and needs of their leaders. Mutual trust is the axis around which this synergistic relationship revolves. 
the benefits reaped are plentiful. Team requirements are best served when the leader helps followers develop their own initiatives, encourages them to use their own judgment, and allows them to grow and become more effective communicators. As a result of promoting empowered followership, follower skills such as troubleshooting, problem solving, information gathering, conflict resolution, and change management will improve dramatically. Another way to promote empowered followership is by getting out among the airmen and sharing their interests. Airmen respond to leaders who show sincere interest in them. The success of great leaders depends on their ability to establish a base of loyal, capable, and knowledgeable followers. Mentor defined. A mentor is a trusted counselor or guide. Mentoring, therefore, is a relationship in which a person with greater experience and wisdom guides another person to develop both personally and professionally. The long-term health of the Air Force depends upon the experienced member developing the next in line. Air Force mentoring is governed by AFMAN 36-2643, Air Force Mentoring Program. Mentoring Scope Mentoring helps prepare people for the increased responsibilities they will assume as they progress in their careers. Mentoring is not a promotion enhancement program. Mentoring is an ongoing process and not confined to the formal feedback required by AFI 36-2406, Officer and Enlisted Evaluation Systems, and AFI 36-1001, Managing the Civilian Performance Program. Moreover, mentoring is a professional development program designed to help each individual reach his or her maximum potential. Professional development is not a new concept and occurs at every echelon and activity. AFI 36-2909 Professional and Unprofessional Relationships and AFI 36-703 Civilian Conduct and Responsibility explains the standards regarding professional relationships. In particular, mentoring is part of a professional relationship because mentoring fosters communication between subordinates and supervisors concerning careers, performance, duties, and missions. Finally, mentoring enhances morale and discipline and improves the operational environment while maintaining respect for authority. Air Force mentoring covers a wide range of areas, such as career guidance, technical and professional development, leadership, Air Force history and heritage, air and space power doctrine, strategic vision, and contributions to joint warfighting. Therefore, Air Force mentoring includes knowledge of the military ethics and an understanding of the Air Force's core values, integrity first, service before self, and excellence in all we do. Commanders and supervisors must encourage airmen to read and comprehend air and space power literature, such as Air Force Doctrine and Operational Warfighting Publications, and the books in the Chief of Staff of the Air Force Professional Reading Program. Assignment of Mentors The immediate supervisor or raider is the primary mentor, coach, counselor, guide, role model, for each of his or her airmen. This designation in no way restricts the subordinate's desire to seek additional counseling and professional development advice from other sources or mentors. Supervisors and commanders must make themselves available to airmen who seek career guidance and counsel. Key to the mentoring process is direct involvement by the commander and supervisor. Commanders and supervisors must continually challenge their airmen to improve. They must provide clear performance feedback and guidance in setting realistic, 
near, mid, and long-term professional and personal development goals. Several programs exist to help the commander and supervisor focus attention on an airman's professional development. Among these are performance feedback, PME, academic education opportunities, assignment policies, recognition programs, and the individual's own personal development actions. Additionally, many organizations, programs, and associations are dedicated to the advancement and education of military professionals. The First Sergeant, Base Education Center, and Airmen and Family Readiness Center can provide lists and contact information for organizations that support military development. Leaders should also ensure that airmen are aware of specific tools available to them, such as MyVector, which enables web-based mentoring, career planning, and knowledge sharing. Mentoring Responsibilities Air Force leaders have an inherent responsibility to mentor future leaders. Supervisors must take an active role in their airmen's professional development. They must assist their people by providing realistic evaluations of both performance and potential. Supervisors must also be positive role models. At minimum, mentoring consists of a discussion of performance, potential, and professional development plans during the performance feedback session. The feedback should include promotion, PME, advanced degree work, physical fitness, personal goals and expectations, professional qualities, next assignment, and long-range plans, at minimum. Mentors must distinguish between individual goals, career aspirations, and realistic expectations. Each individual defines a successful career differently. There are numerous paths to meet individual career and success goals. Foremost, however, individuals must focus on Air Force institutional needs. The Air Force must develop people skilled in the employment and support of air and space power and how this meets national security needs. While there is nothing wrong with lofty goals, mentors must ensure personnel realize what high but achievable goals are. Professional Military Education and Academic Education PME and academic education enhance performance in each phase of professional development and build on the foundation of leadership abilities shown during the earlier stages of an individual's career. The role of PME in professional development is to prepare individuals to take on increased responsibilities appropriate to their grade and to enhance their contribution to the Air Force. Members should focus on enhancing professional competence and becoming superior leaders while expanding their operational employment of air, space, and cyberspace power knowledge. Post-secondary degrees, associate, bachelor's, master's, or other advanced academic degrees, are important to professional development to the extent that they enhance the degree holder's job and professional qualifications. A degree directly related to an individual's primary specialty area or occupational series is most appropriate because this type of degree adds to his or her depth of knowledge. This is why senior non-commissioned officers are required to complete the Senior Non-Commissioned Officer Academy by correspondence or in residence and obtain a community college of the Air Force degree, any specialty, to receive a senior rater endorsement on their performance reports. Note, this requirement is the minimal criteria for endorsement consideration and does not guarantee automatic endorsement. A master's or doctorate degree in management or more general studies enhances job performance for personnel reaching the highest grade levels, where duties may require broader managerial skills. In some career fields, advanced formal education is a prerequisite for certain jobs. Professional Associations 
Many private organizations develop professional skills and associations for individuals in many career fields and technical specialties. Membership in such associations may provide additional opportunities for mentoring as well as broaden technical expertise. Most Air Force bases have private organizations for each rank tier. For example, Top 3, Master Sergeant Chief Master Sergeant. Evaluation and Performance Feedback. Air Force evaluation systems are designed to accurately appraise performance. Substantive, formal feedback is essential to the effectiveness of the evaluation systems. Performance evaluation systems are an integral part of mentoring and professional development. Performance feedback is designed to provide a realistic assessment of performance, career standing, future potential, and actions required to help the RADE reach the next level of professional development. Promotion Selection The Weighted Airman Promotion System outlines the requirements for promotion selection, Staff Sergeant through Master Sergeant, and provides feedback score sheets to enlisted members considered for promotion. These score sheets help the individual to determine professional development needs. Selection for promotion to Senior Master Sergeant and Chief Master Sergeant is accomplished using an integrated weighted and central selection board system. In addition to the weighted score, the Central Selection Board evaluates each individual using the whole person concept. Board scores are determined by considering performance, leadership, breadth of experience, job responsibility, professional competence, specific achievements, and education. The board score is added to the weighted score to determine order of merit for promotion. The Military Assignment System The mentor and the individual should both focus on obtaining an assignment that enhances professional development and meets Air Force needs without necessarily keying on a specific position or location. The individual is expected to do well in his or her current assignment. When an individual becomes eligible for reassignment, he or she should address assignment preferences with their supervisor. Assignments should complement the individual's professional development needs and be second only to mission requirements. Supervisors can use the Career Field Education and Training Plan to help develop career path guidance. Recognition, Awards, and Decorations Military members are eligible for consideration for various decorations throughout their careers. However, supervisors should not submit recommendations just to do something for their people. Supervisors should restrict recommendations to recognitions of meritorious service, outstanding achievement, etc., that clearly place the individual above his or her peers. Section 10D, Developmental Counseling, Airman Development. Airman leadership development is one of the most important responsibilities of every Air Force leader. Developing future leaders should be one of the highest priorities of a leader. The future of the Air Force rests on the shoulders of those prepared for greater responsibility. Purpose. Developmental counseling is a shared effort. Leaders assist airmen in identifying strengths and weaknesses and creating plans of action. Leaders then support them throughout the plan implementation and assessment. However, to achieve success, airmen must be forthright in their commitment to improve and candid in their own assessment and goal setting. Leader Responsibilities Leaders coach airmen the same way athletic coaches improve their teams. By identifying weaknesses, setting goals, developing and implementing plans of action, and providing oversight and motivation throughout the process. 
Effective coaches or leaders must thoroughly understand the strengths, weaknesses, and professional goals of their airmen. Air Force leaders conduct counseling to help airmen become better members of the team, maintain or improve performance, and prepare for the future. To conduct effective counseling, leaders should develop a counseling style using the characteristics listed in Figure 10.2. This approach is very similar to the art of leadership coaching. Coaching is a growing field in the Air Force. The Air Force Academy can provide more information about coaching as they have a new Mosaic coaching program. An overview of this program is available at http colon backslash backslash www.usafa.edu. The Leader as a Counselor Air Force leaders must demonstrate certain qualities to be effective counselors. These qualities include respect for airmen, self-awareness, cultural awareness, empathy, and credibility. Respect for Airmen Allowing airmen to take responsibility for their own ideas and actions is a show of respect and helps create mutual respect in the leader-subordinate relationship. Mutual respect improves the chances of changing or maintaining behavior and achieving goals. Self-awareness Leaders must be fully aware of their own values, needs, and biases before counseling airmen. Self-aware leaders are less likely to project their biases into airmen. Also, aware leaders are more likely to act consistently with their own values and actions. Cultural Awareness Leaders need to be aware of the similarities and differences between individuals of different cultural backgrounds and how these factors may influence values, perspectives, and actions. Unfamiliarity with cultural backgrounds may hinder leaders in addressing cultural issues, especially if they generate concerns within the organization or hinder team building. Cultural awareness enhances a leader's ability to display empathy. Empathy is to be understanding of and sensitive to another person's feelings, thoughts, and experiences to the point that you can almost feel or experience them yourself. Leaders with empathy can put themselves in their airmen's shoes and see a situation from the other person's perspective. Understanding the airman's position can help the airman develop a plan of action that fits his or her personality and needs one that works for the airman. Not fully comprehending a situation from the airman's point of view gives a leader less credibility and influence. As a result, the airman is less likely to commit to the agreed-upon plan of action. Credibility. Leaders achieve credibility by being honest and consistent in their statements and actions. Using a straightforward style and behaving in a manner that airmen respect and trust makes a leader credible. Leaders can earn credibility by repeatedly demonstrating a willingness to assist and being consistent in what they say and do. To influence airmen without credibility is difficult. Leader Counseling Skills Leaders should seek to develop and improve their own counseling abilities. The techniques needed to provide effective counseling vary from person to person and session to session. However, general skills needed in almost every situation include active listening, responding, and questioning. Active listening. During counseling, leaders must actively listen. By actively listening, leaders communicate verbally and non-verbally that they have received the message. To learn more about active listening, refer to Chapter 14, Communicating in Today's Air Force. Responding. A leader responds both verbally and non-verbally to communicate understanding and to clarify and confirm what has been said. Verbal responses consist of summarizing, interpreting, and clarifying the message. 
Nonverbal responses include eye contact and occasional gestures such as a head nod. Questioning. Although questioning is a necessary skill, use this skill with caution. Too many questions can aggravate the power differential between a leader and an airman and place the airman in a passive mode. The airman may also react to excessive questioning as an intrusion of privacy and become defensive. During a leadership development review, ask questions to obtain information or to get the airman to think about a particular situation. Generally, questions should be open-ended to evoke more than a yes or no answer. Well-posed questions may help to verify understanding, encourage further explanation, or help the airman move through the stages of the counseling session. Types of Developmental Counseling Developmental counseling can be categorized based on the topic of the session. Event-oriented counseling and performance and professional growth counseling are the two major categories of counseling. Event-oriented counseling Event-oriented counseling involves a specific event or situation and may precede events such as applying for a special duty assignment or attending a school. This type of counseling may follow events such as a noteworthy duty performance, a problem with performance or mission accomplishment, or a personal problem. Event-oriented counseling includes, but is not limited to, counseling for specific instances. Sometimes counseling is connected to specific instances of superior or substandard duty performance or behavior. Leaders must tell airmen whether or not their performance met the standard and what they did right or wrong, e.g. performance feedback counseling. The key to successful counseling for specific performance is to conduct the counseling as close to the event as possible. Leaders should counsel airmen for specific examples of superior as well as substandard duty performance. Crisis Counseling Leaders may conduct crisis counseling to get an airman through the initial shock after receiving negative news, such as notification of the death of a loved one. Listening and, as appropriate, providing assistance may greatly assist the airman dealing with a crisis. Referral Counseling Referral counseling helps airmen work through a personal situation and may or may not follow crisis counseling. Referral counseling may also act as preventative counseling before the situation becomes a problem. Usually, the leader assists the airman in identifying the problem and refers the subordinate to the appropriate resource, such as legal services, a chaplain, or an alcohol and drug counselor. Performance and Professional Growth Counseling During performance and professional growth counseling, Conduct a review of an airman's duty performance during a certain period and set standards for the next period. Rather than dwelling on the past, focus the session on the airman's strengths, areas needing improvement, and potential. Approaches to Counseling An effective leader approaches each airman as an individual. Different people in different situations require different counseling approaches. Three approaches to counseling include non-directive, directive, and combined. These approaches differ in the techniques used, but they all fit the definition of counseling and contribute to the overall purpose. The major differences between the approaches is the degree to which the airman participates and interacts during the counseling session. Figure 10.3 summarizes the advantages and disadvantages of each approach. Non-directive. The non-directive approach is preferred for most counseling sessions. During this counseling session, Listen rather than make decisions or give advice. Clarify what is said. Cause the airman to bring out important points to better understand the situation. When appropriate, summarize the discussion. Avoid providing solutions or rendering opinions. 
Instead, maintain a focus on individual and organizational goals and objectives. Ensure the Airman's plan of action supports those goals and objectives. Directive. The directive approach works best to correct simple problems, make on-the-spot corrections, and correct aspects of duty performance. The leader using the directive style does most of the talking and tells the airman what and when of doing something. In contrast to the non-directive approach, the leader directs a course of action for the airman. Choose this approach when time is short, when you alone know what to do, or if an airman has limited problem-solving skills. Finally, directive is appropriate when an airman is immature, insecure, or needs guidance. Combined. In the combined approach, the leader uses techniques from both the directive and non-directive approaches, adjusting them to articulate what is best for the airman. The combined approach emphasizes the airman's planning and decision-making responsibilities. With your assistance, the airman develops a plan of action. Listen, suggest possible courses, and help analyze each possible solution to determine the good and bad points. Then help the airman fully understand all aspects of the situation and encourage the airman to decide which solution is best. The counseling process. The four stages of the counseling process are identify the need for counseling, prepare for counseling, conduct the counseling session, and follow up. Identify the need for counseling. Conduct developmental counseling whenever the need arises for focused, two-way communication aimed at airman development. Developing airmen consists of observing their performance, comparing performance to the standard, and then providing them feedback in the form of counseling. Prepare for counseling. Successful counseling requires preparation. To prepare for counseling, select a suitable place. When scheduling counseling, consider an environment with minimal interruptions and free from distractions. Schedule the time. When possible, counsel an airman during the duty day. Counseling after duty hours may be rushed or perceived as unfavorable. The length of time required for counseling depends on the complexity of the issue. Generally, a counseling session should last less than one hour. If you need more time, schedule a second session. Notify the airman well in advance. The airman should know why, where, and when the counseling session will take place. Counseling following a specific event should happen as close to the event as possible. Organize the pertinent information. Solid preparation is essential to effective counseling. Review all pertinent information, including the purpose of the counseling, facts and observations about the airmen, identification of possible problems, main points of discussion, and the development of a plan of action. Focus on specific and objective behaviors the airmen must maintain or approve upon, as well as a plan of action with clear, obtainable goals. Plan the counseling approach. There are as many approaches to counseling as there are leaders. The directive, non-directive, and combined approaches to counseling were addressed earlier. Use a strategy that suits the airmen and the situation. Establish the right atmosphere. The right atmosphere promotes two-way communication between a leader and airmen. To establish a relaxed atmosphere, offer the airmen a seat or something to drink. Sit in a chair facing the airmen rather than behind a desk, because a desk can be perceived as a barrier. Some situations, however, make an informal atmosphere inappropriate. For example, a more formal atmosphere is normally used to give specific guidance and reinforces the leader's rank, position, and authority. Conduct the counseling session. Be flexible when conducting a counseling session. Often, counseling for a specific incident 
occurs spontaneously as leaders encounter airmen in their daily activities. Good leaders take advantage of naturally occurring events to provide airmen with feedback. Even when you have not prepared for formal counseling, you should follow the four basic components of the counseling session. Open the counseling session. The best way to open a counseling session is to clearly state the purpose. Establish the preferred setting early in the session by inviting the airmen to speak. Discuss the issues. Attempt to develop a mutual understanding of the issues with the airmen. This is best developed by letting the airmen do most of the talking. Use active listening. Respond and question without dominating the conversation. Aim to help the airmen better understand the subject of the counseling, such as duty performance, a problem situation, and the impact, or potential areas for growth. Both you and the airmen should provide examples or cite specific observations to reduce the perception that is unnecessarily biased or judgmental. However, when the issue is substandard performance, make it clear how the performance did not meet the standard and then develop a plan of action. Develop a plan of action. A plan of action identifies a method for achieving a desired result and specifies what the airman must do to reach the goals set during the counseling session. The plan of action must be specific. The plan of action should show the airman how to modify or maintain his or her behavior. Record and close the session. Documentation serves as a reference to the agreed-upon plan of action and the airman's accomplishments, improvements, personal preferences, or problems. To close the session, summarize key points and ask if the airman understands the plan of action. Invite the airman to review the plan of action and what you, as the leader, expect from him or her. With the airman, establish any follow-up measures necessary to support the successful implementation of the plan of action. These may include providing the airman with resources and time, periodically assessing the plan, and following through on referrals. Schedule any future meetings, at least tentatively, before dismissing the airman. Follow-up. The counseling process does not end with a counseling session. Follow-up continues through implementation of the plan of action and evaluation of results. After counseling, support the airman as he or she implements the plan of action. Support may include teaching, coaching, or providing time and resources. Observe and assess this process and possibly modify the plan to meet goals. Appropriate measures after counseling include follow-up counseling, making referrals, and forming the chain of command, and taking corrective measures. Leveraging diversity. Our work environment today is more diverse than ever. The Air Force team is comprised of military, civilians, and contractors. Leaders can find themselves dealing with a workforce ranging from 18-year-olds to those with 18 or more years of experience. The challenge is to incorporate everyone's specific talents into a cohesive and optimal workforce. We must recognize that people are vital to an organization's success. Consequently, we need to understand the motivations and interests of this diverse workforce. People are motivated for their reasons, not yours. What sparks interest and passion in one person does not necessarily ignite the next person. Effective leaders take time to recognize what excites others, leverages their talent to the organization, and cultivate a work culture that recognizes and appreciates differing perspectives and approaches to solving problems. Consider this. The Air Force attracts people from every aspect of society, culture, and social status. When, where, and how someone was raised impacts their value system. None of these variables are under a supervisor's direct control. Supervisors cannot change someone's inherent characteristics, 
but they can change how to lead these people as a cohesive team. Foremost, leaders must create a hospitable climate that promotes respect and inclusion. This will reduce dysfunctional tension and increase team productivity. Specifically, how can this be achieved? The first step in leading a diverse organization is to form common ground or shared set of assumptions, which will form the framework within to communicate. The common ground is the organization itself, the vision, goals, rules, regulations, processes, and procedures that govern what the unit does to achieve mission requirements. Clear guidelines improve communication, reduce confusion, provide purpose, and define desired outcomes. A team must have a clear sense of direction or else there will be mass confusion with everyone going in different directions. Having established common ground, we must increase awareness and expel stereotypes. Examples include younger employees are wet behind the ears, know nothing, have no respect or loyalty, lack experience, have no credibility, and cannot be trusted with much responsibility. At the other end of the social spectrum, older employees are considered less motivated to work hard, are nothing but dead wood, resistant to change, cannot learn new methods or technology, plateau at 40, should be fired after 50, and are fireproof. Stereotypes ignore differences among the individuals in a group. The workplace has no room for such stereotypes. Instead, leaders must acknowledge the richness and benefits of diversity. People are different. There is no way to make them fit into a single mold, nor is there any reason to. We do not live in a world of carbon-copied people. To effectively manage a diverse workforce, we must acknowledge differences. However, we should focus more on what we have in common. Use everyone's experiences and background as a resource. Diversity of experience and background ensures diverse ways of looking at problems. Managing our workforce diversity can result in higher productivity, improved performance, more creativity, more innovations, and reduced stress. Giving emphasis to diversity without threatening our unity is the proper way to strengthen the ties that bind the team together. Sensitivity, mutual respect, and common trust coupled with communication are the prime ingredients to integrating our airmen. Former Chief of Staff U.S. Air Force General John P. Jumper stated, Air Force diversity is a critical warfighting and readiness issue. Maximizing the benefits of diversity is a mission imperative. We expect Air Force leaders to challenge any policy, practice, or process that limits the growth and development of potential leaders from all groups. Industry studies have consistently revealed that heterogeneous or diverse groups are more innovative than homogeneous groups because they view improvement opportunities from multiple perspectives. Managing diversity is determining which differences matter in enriching a product or service. Productivity is an outcome of respect and inclusion. Former Chief of Staff, U.S. Air Force General Ronald Fogelman said, People are the assets that determine our success or failure. If you are to be a good leader, you have to cultivate your skills in the arena of personal relations. The skilled leader deals effectively with all races, nationalities, cultures, disabilities, ages, and gender. Section 10E, Full Range Leadership Development, FRLD. Full Range Leadership Development. A full range of leadership behaviors is essential in today's complex world. Therefore, developing full range leadership potential throughout the workforce has become a principal initiative in several of today's most successful organizations, to include the U.S. Air Force. Though the leadership theories of the past were very successful, 
Today's Air Force depends on highly effective airmen with the flexibility and capability to operate throughout a spectrum of leadership styles. FRLD was adopted because the best parts of past leadership theories are combined. FRLD is unique and requires us to view leadership as a system made up of three core elements, the leader, the follower, and the situation. The components of the FRLD system are interdependent of one another. Its success relies not only on the leader's actions, but also the follower and the situation. FRLD requires today's leaders to consider the follower in each situation and be willing to develop relationships with leadership, peers, and subordinates, take advantage of opportunities as they come available, efficiently use available resources, properly evaluate situations and the performance of followers, reward appropriately, and discipline accordingly, identify improvement areas in oneself, their followers, and the workplace. The FRLD model, figure 10.4, includes five leadership behaviors ranging from the passive less effective laissez-faire behavior to the more active and effective transformational leadership behavior. Laissez-faire. Laissez-faire leaders view the development and needs of their subordinates as someone else's concern. They tend to pass on and abandon their responsibilities and remain indifferent toward important issues. They are hesitant to make decisions and are usually absent from their place of work, which negatively affects relationships with peers and subordinates. Management by exception passive. This leadership behavior is the, if it isn't broke, don't fix it, leadership style. Here, leaders elect to sit back, observe, and wait for things to go wrong before taking action. They intervene only when policies or rules are broken. Management by exception passive is a little more effective than laissez-faire because subordinates know that leadership will hold them accountable if they fail to meet standards of performance or comply with policies and procedures. Management by exception active. This leadership behavior ensures leaders keep personnel and processes in control. They monitor and govern subordinates through forced compliance with rules, regulations, and expectations for meeting performance standards. Management by exception active exists in a structured system with detailed instructions, careful observation, and very active supervision. Furthermore, this leadership behavior reduces organizational uncertainties, avoids unnecessary risk, and ensures important goals are being achieved. This transactional leadership behavior reduces the temptation for employees to avoid their duties or act unethically and aid members in meeting defined performance objectives. Transactional leadership and contingent rewards. Transactional leadership and contingent rewards involve the constructive transaction between a leader and his or her followers. These transactions are contracts, where the leader sets goals, identifies ways for the subordinate to reach these goals, and supports the follower along the way. The follower is then required to perform their assigned task to a specified performance level, and when they achieve their leader's expectations, the leader reinforces the positive behavior by providing a reward. In other words, the reward is contingent upon the follower performing assigned tasks to expectations. Transformational Leadership The transformational leader offers followers a vision and inspires their mission. This type of leadership inspires followers to exceed their goals and promotes positive, meaningful changes. There are four components of transformational leadership, called the four I's. Individualized consideration, 
intellectual stimulation, idealized influence, and inspirational motivation. Individualized consideration, nurturing. Individualized consideration is where leaders treat their followers as individuals with different needs, abilities, and aspirations, and not just as part of a group of subordinates. They empathize with and support each follower while maintaining healthy communication. Using individualized consideration, leaders nurture followers by acting as mentor or coach. Intellectual stimulation, thinking. Intellectual stimulation is the degree to which a leader values their subordinates' rationality and intellect, seeking different perspectives and considering opposing points of view. Using intellectual stimulation, leaders stimulate and encourage creativity in their followers, encourage followers to be independent thinkers, and are not afraid to take risks and solicit ideas from their followers. Inspirational motivation, charming. This leader behavior involves developing and articulating visions that paint an optimistic and enthusiastic picture of the future that is appealing and inspiring to followers. These visions elevate performance expectations and inspire followers to put forth extra effort to achieve the leader's vision. Idealized influence, influencing. Transformational leaders are charismatic and act as positive role models that walk the walk. They exhibit high levels of moral behavior, virtues, and character strengths, as well as a strong work ethic. They represent the organization's values, beliefs, and purpose in both words and actions. They set aside personal interests for the sake of the group. Developing these five leadership behaviors begins by understanding each of them and knowing when or when not to apply them. In addition, Possessing the flexibility and capability to implement each style is critical to successfully leading others, depending on the follower and the situation. Though a more passive approach may be appropriate at times, transformational leaders actively and effectively develop the followers today to become the leaders of tomorrow. Section 10F Mentorship Essential Principles Mentoring is a leadership obligation and responsibility. Through mentoring, senior leaders pass on their experience and wisdom to junior members as well as philosophy, traditions, shared values, quality, and lessons learned. Mentoring provides the framework for the professional development of competent, future Air Force leaders. Mentoring is an ongoing process and perhaps the most powerful method leadership can use to shape the future. A mentor is a trusted advisor, teacher, counselor, friend, parent, and or the more senior person in the relationship. In organizations, mentorship can apply to all leaders and supervisors who are responsible for getting their work done through other people. The assisted individual is usually referred to as the protege, a student or pupil who learns from the mentor. Understanding mentoring principles is essential to practical implementation. The mentoring process the mnemonic at figure 10.5 demonstrates the concepts of effective mentoring. Mnemonics are memory aids that help us remember the various aspects of a concept. The elements of effective mentoring, expressed as verbs, correspond to the letters in the word itself. The following paragraphs describe each element and clarifies the meaning of a mentor. Model An effective mentor must first lead by example. When serving as a role model, Make no mistake that actions speak louder than words. Mentoring requires the mentor and protege to spend a significant amount of time together. 
Here, the protege is constantly observing and learning from the mentor's words and actions. The opportunity to see how the mentor deals with a variety of situations is an important part of the process. Therefore, the mentor must show the protege how a mature professional handles various challenges and opportunities. In turn, proteges must be willing to learn, seek assistance, and apply what they have learned. Empathize. Mentoring involves much more than merely teaching. Mentors must empathize, showing genuine compassion for their proteges. Mentors who remember what it was like when they were new and inexperienced are more effective in assisting others in their professional development. Empathy cultivates strong bonds between mentors and proteges and fosters the mutual commitment that exemplifies mentoring. Nurture. Nurturing also emphasizes a caring attitude. Like a farmer and his or her crops, the mentor nurtures the protege. One cannot expect to sow a rich crop without investing ample time, patience, and labor. Certainly these points seem rather obvious, but are often the most neglected elements. Some mentors often find themselves too busy to provide the time and effort to effectively mentor their protégés. Therefore, we must not expect an expert-level performance from someone who has not received appropriate amounts of attention, training, and time from a mentor. Remember, for people to apply, internalize, and value what they have learned takes time. Teach. Many people, regardless of their knowledge and experience level, find teaching uncomfortable and extremely stressful. Thankfully, some time-tested methods provide a solid benchmark for instruction. Consider these five simple steps when teaching and training protégés. 1. Organize the material into logical, systematic units of manageable size. 2. Correct errors immediately. 3. Frequently review previously covered material and relate the material to the current lesson. 4. Include practical exercises to help the protégé exercise the newfound knowledge. And 5. Evaluate the protege's comprehension often, formally and informally, and provide detailed feedback on their progress. Organize. Mentors must first be organized before helping others become organized. Hence, a systematic, methodical approach is essential. An organized mentor knows from the very beginning what he or she wants to achieve. Focusing every aspect of the process on this goal, the time and effort spent organizing thoughts and materials into a logical, building-block sequential plan of lessons aimed at a precisely defined target pays big dividends in the form of improved learning and developmental experiences for the protege. Respond. Mentoring is a two-way communication process that requires mentors to actively listen to the protege's questions and provide useful and timely responses. There may be times when the protege is reluctant to ask a particular question. Therefore, effective mentors must remain alert to recognize nonverbal behaviors and subtle communication cues. Rather than sitting back and waiting for the protege to ask questions, be proactive. Anticipate the needs, problems, and concerns of proteges and take care of them immediately. Inspire. A mentor should be more than just a good role model, teacher, or helpful acquaintance. Genuine mentoring encompasses an element of inspiration. Inspirational mentors have a profound impact on their protégés that encourages them to transform into a more improved being. Inspiration is one of the characteristics that distinguishes leaders from managers. The best mentors most likely become the best leaders because they are able to inspire others. Network 
A good mentor introduces and connects a protege to other people who can also provide guidance, support, resources, and opportunities. Networking is a vital function that provides protégés a head start on establishing themselves in their professional community. Building a solid network of friends, acquaintances, and associates takes time. The earlier a protégé can cultivate this, the better. Goal set. Many young, inexperienced people do not understand the importance of setting goals. Oftentimes, they lack the expertise to establish specific, achievable, and realistic goals. Therefore, mentors must help their protégés understand why goals are important. Establish short and long-term goals that are specific, achievable, and realistic, and be available to assist them in achieving their goals. Section 10G. Strategic Leadership. Definition of Strategic Leadership. Strategic leadership plays a critical role in propelling today's Air Force through and beyond the 21st century. Strategic leadership is such a broad concept that we may not be able to define, but we can certainly recognize strategic leadership in action. Noel Tichy, director of the Global Leadership Program at the Ross School of Business, offers a comprehensible depiction as to what a strategic leader is. Strategic leaders guide the achievement of their organizational vision within a larger enterprise by directing policy and strategy, building consensus, acquiring and allocating resources, influencing organizational culture, and shaping complex and ambiguous external environments. They lead by example to build effective organizations, grow the next generation of leaders, energize subordinates, seek opportunities to advance organizational goals, and balance personal and professional demands. Components of Strategic Leadership Enlisted leaders apply the strategic leadership components of core values, competencies, and actions at the tactical, operational, and strategic levels every day. Leadership at the tactical level is predominantly direct and face-to-face. As leaders ascend the organizational ladder to the operational level, leadership responsibilities become more complex and sophisticated. Strategic leaders have a responsibility to large organizations and systems and are expected to conceptualize and integrate a variety of issues to accomplish the mission. Core values form the foundation of leadership, paragraph 1012, coupled with competencies, personal, people and team, and institutional leadership, and actions. Personal leadership focuses on interpersonal relations that directly influence human behavior and values. People and team leadership involves more interpersonal relations and team relationships. Leaders using this competency tailor resources to organizations and programs. Institutional leadership is about establishing structure, allocating resources appropriately, and articulating the organizational vision. Actions include training and educational activities designed to develop strategic leadership abilities. Early career development focuses on personal competencies at the tactical level. At the operational stage, personal leadership continues, but the Air Force begins to emphasize people and team leadership development and introduces institutional leadership competencies. At the strategic level, the greatest emphasis is on developing institutional leadership competencies, primarily through the education design to help leaders form accurate frames of reference, make sound decisions, uncover underlying connections between general issues, and think creatively, innovatively, and critically about new solutions and options. 
Strategic Leadership At the strategic level, airmen must combine highly developed occupational capabilities with competencies gained earlier in their careers to lead and direct exceptionally complex and multi-tiered organizations. Strategic leaders must understand Air Force missions and how operational capabilities and airmen are integrated to achieve synergistic results and desired effects. Strategic leaders are also expected to demonstrate a highly developed and insightful understanding of personal and team leadership. The successful strategic leader is the quintessential communicator, using all means of communication, whereas leaders at lower levels of the organization remain focused on the short term. Strategic leaders must have a future focus, spending much of their time looking forward, positioning the organization for long-term success. Strategic leaders seek education and other opportunities to enhance their understanding and appreciation of strategic leadership, its responsibilities, functions, and impact on the organization. They fully understand their role in shaping climate and culture through vision, policy, communication, education, coaching, mentoring, and personal example. Conclusion To lead means to act as a guide or to guide. A leader is defined as a person who leads, directs, commands, or guides a group or activity. These are simple definitions, but the implications of poor or ineffective leadership are devastating to mission success. Given the authority, anyone can command. Leading, however, is a delicate art calling for people-oriented attributes that many find difficult to develop and impossible to acquire. With determination and practical experience, you can develop your leadership skill sets. Commanders depend on non-commissioned officers to lead airmen and accomplish the mission. This chapter discussed the art of leadership, effective leadership, interrelationship of leadership and management, leadership qualities, and the concept of vision, and provided an overview on empowerment and learning. Also provided was information on leadership flexibility and followership, dealing effectively with change, the critical relationship between leadership and core values, mentoring, and counseling. These concepts are fundamental to the mission of the Air Force, as well as the careers and futures of the enlisted force.